The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Man show. We're talking to Clayton State Lakers head coach, Vince Alexander, down the road from Clayton County, D2 Peach Belt Conference down there. Coach, what's up? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thank you very much for having me on. Coach, let me ask you this, man. You was assistant over at Rice in Houston under Scott Perra uh, in, in D1. Now, tell us about this job at Clayton State. What kind of got your interest in want to come down here tomorrow and help this team turn around, man? Well, you know, I was in the Peach Belt previously at University of South Carolina Aiken. I spent 10 years there and we had a tremendous amount of success. Um, truly blessed and had some great players, some great assistants. Uh, did a great job there, four conference championships, uh, two elite eights and a final four, uh, uh, three sweet 16. And so when this job opened up, you know, it gave me an opportunity to come back. I'm originally from Houston, which sent me to Rice and, uh, you know, when this job opened up, gave me an opportunity to come back to the Peace Belt, a conference that I'm very familiar with and uh, very excited to be back in. Most definitely, Coach. You're in a great spot. Atlanta, as you know, a lot of players in the Atlanta area. Um, great AAU basketball foundation in the Atlanta area as well. And plus, being over at Aiken, you recruited this area anyway. So talk about how the, the great photograph of fine talent and around the Atlanta metro area and beyond to bring the Clayton State and build this program back up to prominence. Well, I tell you what, you said it. Atlanta has talent. Has a lot of talent around here. You know, there's a lot of high schools. You know, you got you you. you it's great when you can stay home and recruit. I don't have to go very far. You know, I can go right up the road, and uh, that's very exciting. And that was another thing that attracted me to this job, and and wanting to get back and and be here at Clayton State. You know, this this location is just prominent. I mean, I think it has so much potential. Um, I mean, I, I think there's a, some great talent here. You know, during the summer, you know, all the AAU events, they're all right here. So, hey, I jump in the car, I drive up the road, and uh, I'm in good shape with a little bit of traffic. You know, it's okay with that, you know, a little bit of traffic. But other than that, the talent is here. Great city of Atlanta. And I'm looking forward to recruiting this talent, getting to know these coaches in this area, and uh, being able to, you know, line Clayton State up with some great players from this area. 
And coach, it's also key to have administration who supports you um, from the top down. You need that symmetry between the president, the AD, and yourself, the resources into the program, make sure you guys uh, have everything you need to be good because, you know, that's so important in college basketball, having that administration support to support you all the way through. I, it's, it's, it's so vital that you have that support uh, because, you know, you know, you know, someone said this to me. I think it was – I think I saw this somewhere this spring. It says administrators win championships. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, because the administrator can, can, can make you or break you. You got to have that support. And you hit the nail on the head. You know, you got to have that support from the administration. I do believe we have great support here. I think they want to see this program go to a national level. And uh, God willing, we're going to be able to do that. And uh, getting their support is very vital and crucial to that process. Most definitely. And Coach, talking about building a program, Coach, what's going to be the ideal young man for your program? What qualities do you want to instill in these young men who come and play for you at Clayton State? Well, you know, the ideal young man is a, a young man that's uh, a, a, a servant leader to me, a guy that's not afraid to serve his teammates, you know, to serve his community, to be out and uh, to do a great job in the classroom, to do a great job on the court, to not be a one-dimensional person, you know, but a person that's of many qualities and character, great character. Um, you know, those, those are the guys we're looking for. Now, as far as what we, you know, want to instill in our guys is just that great character, great qualities. You know, we want them to become good husbands, good fathers, productive citizens. You know, we want them to serve this Atlanta area and, 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 and you know, community service and, you know, do a great job in a classroom, graduate, get degrees, go have families, you know, and, and, and be productive. Uh, we want to do that and we're going to do that through our program. We've done that before, so I don't see why we won't be able to do that. Uh, but it is very essential to us that we take these young men, teach them qualities that will last them a lifetime, that will teach them not only to be a basketball player. People have to be able to look beyond that when they see you. They got to be able to see a bit more than a basketball player or an athlete. They need to see a man. And I think that's what we want to do here. And I know that's what we will do. We will develop it into a great great fathers, great husbands, and productive citizens. Because, Coach, as you said, Coach, the basketball stops eventually. Because, you know, if you, if you play overseas, you know, you still got 40 years, hopefully, a life to live. So those principles of being grounded into these young, young men, 18 and 22, are the most prime years to get those skills. Because once that ball stops, you have to figure out, where does my life go from here? Because I'm just, now I'm a man. Basketball is over. I'm a man now. You're certainly right. And, you know, this is something that I've had to go through myself. You know, like I said, I was uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, single mom, you know, didn't have a father. And, uh, you know, I had to rely on people around me to help me develop and, and grow, you know, to become a man, the man that I am today. Um, and so I want to give back. And it means a lot to me. You know, winning is a byproduct of all of these things that we do. Winning is a byproduct of developing this man, man. You know, it's, it's so important to me that they leave here with a degree, with not only a degree from Clayton State University, but a degree in life. 
Yes, sir, Coach. That is so very important. Coach, I'm going to ask you this, man. Difference between D2 and D1. I know scholarship-wise, you can split them up a little bit, give guys more money here or there, then D1's a straight 13, that's it. So kind of explain our list the difference between recruiting at the D1 level, building your roster, and D1 level versus doing it at the D2 level. We kind of do a little bit different stuff. You know, the, the biggest thing to me is, you know, like you said, 13 scholarships. You can you can just waste a scholarship. <laughs> and that's a lot of times what guys do. They'll bring in guys knowing that they're not going to play, knowing that, um, you know, they may not be a, a, a key part in, in, in what they do, but they could be a key part in, in, in practice. Uh, you know, being a, on the scout team or something like that. I mean, because you have 13 scholarships, and I believe, I believe that's playing a role into why this transfer portal is so huge. Because you have 13 scholarships, and these guys are are going D1 just you know to say, oh, I'm I'm D1, you know. So, and then they're not happy because they're not playing and not getting the minutes. Uh, I mean, I just think I just think that. You know, you, you have an opportunity, D2, you know, like you said, to split that scholarship up, to use other funds and things like that, you know, to bring kids in. And and the biggest thing for me is D2. You can't waste a scholarship. <laughs> you exactly. can't just bring a kid. You can't just give a kid a scholarship and say, oh, yeah, he's going to be a great practice player. He's going to help us on our scout team. You can't do that. I mean, you got to take these scholarships and you got to use them wisely. And you got to be very, very smart in, in what you do and how you do it. You got to be strategic, you know. So uh, that's the biggest thing, you know. Division one, you have 13 scholarships and you can just bring in guys and knowing that guys are going to leave, you know, really, I don't want to do that here. I want to bring in guys that we're going to develop for four years or two years, you know, whatever it may be. And coach, talk about that piece. The play development the piece on the court piece is so very important for a young man. So talk about that skill development, because I feel like you get better summertime, those individual drills and getting in that weight room really gonna help a young man be able to take the pounding of a season year after year after year and get and grow and into their advice. Talk about that piece of coaching young men these days, coach. Yeah, I mean, I think you know it's so 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 vital to your program to develop guys you know, into being a, a well-rounded player. You know, I, I think it helps your program tremendously. And, and I think developing that skill work, getting in the gym, putting time in, working on ball handling, working on shooting, working on ripping through and getting to the basket, jump stop, you know, all of those fundamentals that I think are so crucial to the game that sometimes overlooked. Developing that mid-range game, developing that three, you know, not just being a one-dimensional player. So, uh, you know, we really pride ourselves. And that was one thing I think I really learned at Rice on the Scott, you know, just really developing players, really. I mean, because at Rice, it was tough because you had to get a high academic kid in the Conference USA, which is a conference that none of the other schools are having to do that. So we had to get a different kind of kid. You know, we had to take a Quincy Oliveri from, from Atlanta and, and work with him a little bit and develop him and teach him. And now, you know, he's a very, very good player. You know, we had to take a, uh, you know, uh, a kid that may not have been as skilled or as good 
as 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 a as most of the players that you're going to see, but you got to get them in that gym and take pride in developing, spending hours on on honing in on those skills, ball handling, shooting, passing, the fundamentals. And so that's what we'll do here. You know, we'll really work on that, uh, and we'll really take pride in developing our kids and getting them ready. And coach, another thing I like about development for players is watching film and applying the film to the practice court and the, and the game court because I feel like that's where the gap is for some young men that they don't know how to watch the film and then apply the film to the practice and the, and the game court there. Oh my God, you're so right. I mean, film is so crucial. Watching film and and looking at those things and and I'm very I'm very. Uh, you know, I'm different when it comes to watching film. I try to watch the good things that they do and show them the good things that they do so that they can get better at those things rather than, you know, sometimes locking in on some of the negatives, you know, locking in on some of those things that they don't do so well, showing them some of the things they do well and then talking about some of the things we need to do better. But film is key. You got to watch that video. You got to spend time. That's got to be a part of your, you know, development. You know, when you talk about development, as you mentioned earlier, that's got to be a part of it, watching film, breaking that down, and making sure that guys know what they need to work on to get better and how they can take what they're doing great and make it even greater. Yeah, Coach, you know, for me, um, when I played, man, I never wanted to get into coaching. My dad was a coach, man, and – he codes up young men. I don't have the patience for it, coach. I, I wanted to be on the radio. I didn't want to talk about. I just want to talk about it. I didn't want to coach it up because I know I, I I I'll lose my my my, my Christianity. I know I start using some bad words. <laughs> <laughs> that do the right stuff. So I said, that's, that's not for that's not for Jr. So tell me, as coach, when did you decide you want to get get into coaching, man? <laughs> you know, I tell you what, I have lost my Christianity at times, <laughs> and you are correct. You did the right thing, brother. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think I was, it was about my freshman year in college when I was playing ball, you know, I was named captain as a freshman and I was always one of the guys that were vocal and leader, you know, you know, I wanted to see, you know, very, very selfless, um, you know, very serving. And, you know, I wanted to see guys prosper. I wanted to see guys do well. And so very early on, I guess, uh, in my, in my, career, you know, as a freshman, you know, I decided, you know, I want to coach. I want to help. I want to be able to give back. You know, I want to take a young man like me that came from a single mom, you know, and they said, he ain't going to make it. He ain't going to be able to get it done, you know, give up on him and uh, be able to turn that, turn that around into a positive. And I've been able to do that throughout my career. Thank God. Uh, been able to get a lot of young men, you know, a second chance, you know, I've taken some guys who, you know, probably wouldn't have gotten a second chance, but I was a second chance kid. So I gave, you know, other guys that chance. And, you know, coaching has allowed me that opportunity to do that. It has given me the opportunity to give back, to help young men get to where, you know, I, I know that they can be and that they want to be. And coach, speaking of that coach, who have been some coaches in your career Playing-wise and the business of profession-wise has helped you out the most and kind of inspired you to do what you do what you're doing right now. Well, I mean, I'd have to go back to, you know, my my junior college coach that started me off, Waldo Dashaw. I mean, it was years ago. Um, 
I mean, he, he taught me a lot, taught me a lot of discipline, you know, taught me, you know, I was a city boy coming from Houston, not that disciplined, single mom, you know, you know, with temper, you know, out of control at times. And he locked in on that and he taught me, you know, he helped me a lot. And I think that's, that, that sort of set my path straight. And then, you know, I went on from there and Daryl Johnson at Oklahoma Baptist University, you know, he taught me a lot about the game. Um, and then, you know, some of the, some of the guys that I know in the business, you know, like um, Frank Martin, you know, uh, I learned a lot from him, you know, and just, you know, he's a tough guy and he's hard on his kids, but he loves them. And I think, you know, that, that, you know, helped me a lot. I think that, you know, sort of, I, I bought into that, just really loving my kids, caring for my kids beyond basketball, you know, beyond wins and losses, you know. And I think Frank Martin is one of those guys that, that does that and then does that very well. You know, he's really tough, like I said, uh, but he cares for his kids and he pushes his kids. So he's probably had the, you know, probably the most influence out of my college coaches on my career. Most definitely. Coach, you know, I tell you what, I come to Houston, man. I love going to the Turkey Leg Hut, man, over in Third Ward <laughs> over there, man. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 Man, look, the line be long, but the food is worth the wait, Coach. So tell us about Houston food versus Atlanta food and, and, since you've been tra in your travels in your coaching career here, Coach. Well, honestly, I'll be real honest with you, it's very similar. I, I, I think, you know, yeah, you got some great places in Houston. I, I you know, the only thing that I probably would say is probably just a little bit better in Houston is that barbecue. <laughs> yes, I agree. 100%. 100%, coach. 100%. Hey, that, bar that bar barbecue is real in Houston. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Hey, you know, the city, like I said, is similar cities like Houston and Atlanta. A lot of African-Americans live in both cities. Are very prominent African-Americans. We're very successful in these cities. So for me, Houston's like a little trip. I feel like I'm at home when I'm in Houston. I feel like an easy fight on Delta. Go to Houston, get there, have a good time. Go check out, take the Southern, go over to Rice, go over to Houston Baptist, go over to the city the Cougars right down the street from, from, from Texas Southern. So I'm like, when I'm there, I'm good. And hopefully they'll see yeah. the Hawks play the Red Rockets. So I'm even better. So, it's, hey, I love the city of Houston. Man. It's a great, great town to me. Harris County can't, they can't do, do, do me wrong, Coach. I love, I love that place. <laughs> it is. It's a great place. So is Atlanta. And I'm looking forward to being here growing here and getting acclimated, you know, being a citizen here now. So it's a little different. So, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, maybe I'm going to have to jump on that. Uh, jump, I'm going to have to let my Cowboys go and jump on that, you know, Falcons band. <laughs> you know, Man, coach, you don't want that coach, coach. Don't, don't do that to yourself. It's like, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> 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 coach, you don't, you don't want the pain I have every Sunday in the fourth quarter. You don't want that pain. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. You don't want that pay, Coach. Trust me. You don't want the pay. Yeah, okay. Coach, I'm going to come over and see you, man. You live like 10 minutes from where I live at, man. So I got to come to the office and come, check, come see you in the office, man. Come over and see you guys over there, over there, over there on Marble, there on South Lake, over there. I got to come see you guys, man. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. I look forward to it, man. No, no doubt, Coach. Thank you for your time, Coach. Be blessed. We'll talk to you real soon, Coach. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. God bless you as well. Same to you, Coach. Thank you, man. All right. Thank you. All right.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.